most Americans would now agree that the current trajectory of America is certainly downward. We are aiming straightforward terra firma. In other words, we're on a crash course, but that's only because the American presidency was actually stolen from the people. For the very first time in American history, we do not have a president elected by the people. In effect, in reality, a coup has already begun and it is in progress as I speak. The domestic enemy needs now only to put the nails in the coffin. Or so many believe. I perhaps think differently. You're listening to Unity Without Compromise on America Out Loud Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Steve Latulip. Today, I'd like to discuss the rules of engagement for a new kind of war that, as I said, has already begun. In the background of all the current tyranny that seeks to kill America is now a rising storm. We are hearing the sound of huge waves crashing on the beaches of American soil. In fact, not since the Revolutionary War of 1776 have we even heard such chatter, such as is now being spread across the land. Increasingly, we are hearing whispers of war, and those whispers are spreading through the voices of those who simply refuse to be enslaved. Those who refuse to be buried alive by the Marxist communist left. Yes, I am among those patriots, and I'm of the mindset that fighting the war that has started must be offensively fought and won. We are in it, the battle is raging, and we have already been attacked and bombarded by domestic terrorist regime that fully intends to overthrow our constitutional republic. This is where we are at at this present time. It's happening right now, and America, the sleeping giant, is once again being awakened. It's happening. I see it. But let's remember Biden's words, build back better. We're all in this together. And then he threatened us with F-16s and nukes, right? And what's his latest statement to us? My patience is wearing thin. What's he saying? He's saying, you don't have a choice. You just do what I say. To hell with your freedom. And those are the very words we are hearing from the elites in Hollywood and from others who simply want to go along with the Biden puppet regime agenda. Remember, Biden is surely a puppet, but he is nonetheless a puppet dictator. We have to recognize that America, as of right now, as of the last 2020 election, America is no longer a free republic, but a communist seeking dictatorship led by a demented puppet president who was not elected and whose dark team stole the election by voter fraud. And this is something they continue to do, as evident by the Gavin Newsom recall election in California just recently. We have to recognize 
Above all, that election integrity is a battle that must be won if we are ever going to regain our freedom. If the 2022 election is corrupted, there will be action taken. There must be action taken. So let me say it again. We are already at war. But what actions have we yet taken? Truly, from what I can see, we really have done nothing whatsoever that really matters, that has made a big impact to defy the enemy, to deprive the enemy uh, on its course. But let's think about it. What should we do? As we are being trampled by a domestic enemy who is supported by spineless Democrats and testosterone-deficient Republicans, we the people seem to be at a loss of how to bring back our free republic. We keep hoping for the best. Donald Trump in 2024, we look to the 2022 election, maybe we'll overtake uh, the House and Senate possibly. We have seen some lawsuits that have been brought forth, and we think that they are bringing some justice. Occasionally, the Supreme Court does pleasantly surprise us. But we are still in the midst of a sewer that surrounds us on all sides. A stinking sewer of godless, tyrannical, CCP-sympathizing, in-your-face tyrants and they want to imprison you, they want to enslave you, and what have we done in response? Are we just powerless? Must we just accept this? Must we accept our fate as bystanders in the new Holocaust? What do you say is our remedy? What would you say? Are we just sitting ducks destined for the game bag? Well, I know what I've been hearing. Some people say that we should just be silent, just comply and go along with the narrative. After all, it is easier. And these people who suggest this probably feel there's nothing we can do about it anyway, or or maybe they don't even believe it's really going to happen. Or some might perhaps justify their silence by saying, well, you know what, we're just getting what we deserve. Well, these excuses would surely enslave us quite rapidly. And I don't buy that. Now, there are some who say, well, God's in control. I don't have to do a thing because God is in control. Many Christians take this viewpoint. And I will agree that God ultimately is in control But God, in his infinite power and wisdom and knowledge, has actually chosen of his own will, of his own godly will, to limit that will. Simply because he gave us, he gave us a free will to choose and to act. And what have we done? Yes, God ultimately is in control. The Bible tells us, if you read the book of Revelation, we do have the final victory. But what happens between now and the closing curtain? We simply are not given the details. However, God has 
told us what to do in general terms and sometimes quite specifically through the Bible, the word of God. This is the only means by which we know God, by reading the Bible. And what are we told? We are told to feed the poor, to help the sick, to clothe the naked, to defend the weak and the helpless. Defend them. Defend them. That means defending the babes in the wound. It means defending those who are oppressed, like the children in our schools who are victimized by the LGBTQIA agenda, by critical race theory, by instructions in socialism and communism, being told that these are good things. We have been told to help the weakless, uh, the, the helpless and the weak, the elderly, for example, who've been incarcerated in care homes. And you'll see it happening again and again and again because of the perpetual pandemic. The censored and those whose businesses and livelihood have been stolen. What about them? God says, defend the weak and the helpless. In other words, defend and take care of the victims. God has never told any Christian to sit on the fence. He absolutely blasted the church at Laodicea simply because they were lukewarm. They were sitting on the fence. They were not being heard. They were not taking any stand to feed the poor, to help the sick, to clothe the naked, or to defend the weak and helpless. God never said, sit on the fence. He said, if you do such a thing, I would rather spew you out of my mouth. Don't be lukewarm. You can read this in Revelation chapter three. The other affront that many Christians feel that they are hindered by to say that God is in control is that we are told to obey our government. They will use the words of Romans chapter 13 and specifically verse 2 to say, ah, we cannot go against the government. If we defy the government, we defy God. But that is absolutely false. We are commanded to obey a righteous government, which is the instrument of God's justice to protect the innocent and to punish the wicked. And that is the sole purpose of government. And when the government goes rogue, and when the government becomes oppressive, and when the government defies the very words of God, the very laws of God, remember that God is the author of freedom. And when the government opposes God, then we are told, just as the apostles once said, after they escaped from prison with a little help from the Holy Spirit, from God, They said, we must obey God rather than man. See, God says, Jesus says, he who is not with me is against me. So yes, God is ultimately in control, but in that control, he has chosen not to control you and me. 
And so we must do our job. We must be faithful as Christians. We must be sincere and faithful as patriots in a Christian nation. Other people seem to feel that we've already lost the war. They know what's going on. They see what's happening. Um, I don't mean to be harsh, but these are what I call the deaf, dumb, and blind. They simply choose to go on happily skipping along, living their lives, doing whatever they will do as if nothing has ever happened. Nothing is wrong whatsoever. They might argue, well, since we can't do anything about it, let's just live our lives and have fun. They have already surrendered their freedom. These people who say that we've already lost the war have been taken hostage by the enemy. What a pitiful thing. Their attitude is, if you can't beat them, join them. And I consider that to be an absolutely pathetic move, a pathetic attitude. It is not what gave us a free United States of America. Well, let's step, step it up a little bit. There's another group out there who are truly hoping for a turnaround with the 2022 election. <clears throat> but what does that depend on? Well, it depends completely on voter integrity. The enemy is already in control of the ship, and we are about to be shipwrecked. And that's the communist Democrat goal, to shipwreck the Constitution and the free republic, the United States of America. Well, the 2022 election is not that far off, and We'll soon find out if this is going to work or not. But look at the Gavin Newsom recall in California that just recently took place. Voter fraud is most certainly at play still. And this must be stopped. Now, they're looking at the states that can make a difference, perhaps in a big election like the 2024 presidential election. But remember, that the swing states have been looked at and are being looked at. But what about all the other states? And what about the blue states? Do you think they will ever look toward uh, a voter fraud investigation in Oregon? What would they find? Well, it would be absolutely rampant. It would be rampant. The corruption that we see. We know that the Democrats have been in control in Oregon ever since the mail-in ballots have been existent in Oregon. So what chance do we have? But we will soon find out if there's been any progress by the time we get to the 2022 election. But the voter fraud must be stopped because without free and secure elections, we simply are not a free republic. But then there's some of us who are actually Patriots, and I'm talking about the real kind of patriot, those who are guided by a right conscience that won't allow us to join them, the evil party. Some of us say we are willing to pay the price and we prove it by our actions. And they say we must never join them. We can never join them. And therefore, our only option is to beat them. Our only option is to stand for the values and the virtues and the honor that America once stood for. But America does not stand any longer. 
But the patriots, the real patriots, these are the people who will take back America. These are the people right now who are being threatened with not taking the forced jab and losing their jobs. And many are saying, that's it. My last day of work as a nurse or as a doctor or as an educator is coming to an end. I recently spoke to a former police officer who is instructing at the police academy in Oregon, and his job is coming to an end toward the end of October. And he is willing to accept that. But he is also willing to fight it. And fight we must. Fight we must. Yes, it's the American patriots, the two patriots, the true patriots of America, with their feet on the ground, who are going to take back America. These people are not the ones who whine and complain. These are the doers, the real faithful ones. They not only get angry, but they are most eager to do something. But what do we do? What options do we really have for taking back our country? We know that it all comes down to action. Nothing otherwise will get done, but what action must we take? And I suppose in order to answer that question, we have to do a little soul searching. We have to do a little bit of fact finding. We have to actually do a little bit of analysis of what the enemy is doing to us. What is the enemy strategy? How are they now overthrowing our government? What steps have they taken? If we don't answer those questions, then how can we ever know how to act in response? And when I say act, I'm not talking about a defensive response. I'm talking about an offensive response. Wars are not won by defending Wars are won by going on a counterattack, by saying this is how the enemy is assaulting us, how do we stop them, and how do we neutralize the enemy? This is exactly the position we are in in America right now, and therefore we must act by an offensive action, by an assault, a counterassault against those who wish to destroy us. So what options do we have? Well, again, those people who are happily playing along, happily complying with the enemy would say, well, do nothing. Do nothing because there's nothing we can do. And I've heard this quite a bit among many people. These are the people who easily comply with wearing a mask and who have already taken the investigational jab, the gene jab that is causing much harm and is causing many deaths and is causing infertility by destroying the female ovaries of our younger population. But these people who say do nothing, all I have to say to you is I hope you like communist oppression because you have not felt it yet. They are still dangling carrots in front of our noses. But when they have their way, the, the oppression will begin in earnest, and it will be severe. 
do something and we do have a chance at winning this war, but what must we do? Well, that leads me to another option, I suppose, and that would be a convention of states. Have you heard about this? It's based on Article 5 of the Constitution. It's a clause that was cited by our founding fathers to convene for proposing new amendments to the Constitution. Now, we have to have a certain amount of people to accomplish this, but let's say we could actually do it. Let's say that we have enough people to call for a convention of states, and let's say we get it implemented. Well, what then? What amendments would be made? Would we change voter registration so that we have actual election integrity? Would we implement term limits for all politicians so that we don't get Joe Bidens and Nancy Pelosi's who have done nothing but contributed to the demise of our country? Think of all the politicians who have grown filthy rich by the corruption that they have partaken of, the Joe Bidens and the families. Would we set limits on things like that, on contributions to corrupt entities that somehow seem to get by all the laws and still get filthy rich and never get investigated? What would we ask for? What kind of amendments in a convention of states would we seek? And then would we get them? Would we be successful? Or could things get even worse? Well, I think the convention of states is a great idea. And I've heard many good patriots say this is our last good option. But actually, they're speaking about an option short of war. And again, I would suggest the point is moot. We are at war. But I still think it's a great idea. I just don't know if it would work, especially with the Communist Party in control. The Communist Party, who completely ignores the Constitution, what reaction are they going to have to Article 5 of the American Constitution? So you see, I have my doubts. <clears throat> Well, I think I spoke last uh, week about, about the war that is going on, and the chief weapon in the war is propaganda. If we fight propaganda, and this is what some people claim we must do, and I would agree with that, yes, we must fight propaganda, but it's very hard. We have been censored. We have been canceled. We have been destroyed. I'm talking about the destruction of our lives. Just recently, the Oregon Medical Board put out another action and actually revoked my medical license and fined me $10,000 on top of it. And do you know how they did that? They blatantly lied. They blatantly opened investigations that were not because nobody had complained. They have manipulated, lied, slandered, and then spread it out there on MSM as though it was factual. This is how low they stoop. This is the propaganda war. How do you fight that? How do I respond to tweets and phone messages that are so denigrating and insulting, calling me 
a wicked physician because I overdosed those eight patients? Do you know that there's no truth to that whatsoever? I actually tapered patients off of opioids. I rescued many, many hundreds of drug addicts and never once ever in the history of my medical career created a drug addict. Not once. They will lie. They will deceive. They will fabricate and do anything and all they can to destroy us. Well, I do have a lawsuit against the Oregon Medical Board, and there is their impetus for the destruction they seek to do, but they are deceivers. So the propaganda war is extremely powerful, very, very powerful. We do not have control of MSM. We are censored. Even President Trump has been censored. He has filed a lawsuit against certain of these platforms, but what success will he have? Well, it remains to be seen. But let me tell you, fighting propaganda is very, very difficult, especially in a time when mass hysteria controls people out of sheer fear, fear that their own skin, that their own health might be affected. They don't want to leave their peaceful homes. They want to continue living a peaceful life, and they will submit to anything to attain that peace regardless of a loss of freedom. So the propaganda war is extremely powerful and it's played out in such subtle ways sometimes that people do not even realize how they are being victimized by the lies, by the deception regarding a virus of all things. Well, there's another group of people who say, you know what, it's just a matter of time. In fact, I heard recently Dan Bongino mentioned this on one of his shows, asking the question, is a civil war about to break out? Well, it's a good thought. And I have wondered that over the last at least decade, um, are we headed for civil war? And I actually believed it at one time. But let me ask you this. What is a civil war? A civil war is a fight of a portion of a nation's population against another portion of a nation's population. So when we look back at the American Civil War, what we had was the North against the South, and we had the Mason-Dixon line, kind of a battlefront, if you will, and it was American people fighting American people. Is this what's at stake right now? And what's the issue? Well, the Civil War issue was slavery, and the North believed that it was absolutely wrong before God to enslave Black people. And guess what? They were right. It is against God's laws of humanity to enslave any person, period. And I would fight that war. But what's the issue now? Well, the real issue is government oppression. It is not a single issue war like 1776. It entails many things. Look at all the battlegrounds that we are fighting, all the battles we are fighting right now in order that our government be overthrown. And so when have we experienced such circumstances before? Well, we would have to go back to the late 1700s 
when Great Britain, England was out to control the new American settlers, the early colonies, the war was about freedom, about representation and government of a people, by the people, for the people, not to be controlled by a government that oppresses them from a land far away. And I would suggest that really, right now, we are at a time in our lives where we must fight not a civil war, but a revolutionary war, a second revolutionary war. But how will that proceed? This is Dr. Steve Latulip on Unity Without Compromise on America Out Loud Talk Radio, where truth is hailed, where freedom is espoused, and where we seek to get things done by informing good people. After a short break, I'll come back and talk about the actual rules of engagement of a new kind of war. I'll be right back. Don't go away. Is a record player the best way to listen to music? Of course not. So why are you still taking vitamins that haven't been upgraded since the 1930s? Even if your vitamins aren't hard to swallow, it's time to upgrade to Healthy Cells pill-free, patent-pending microgel supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. They taste great, convenient on the go, and they're more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. It was a vision that gave birth to a unique multimedia platform that would combine classic talk radio, great writers, and memorable podcasts and videos. AmericaOutloud.com is a conservative leader in a field that is predominantly run by far-left progressive globalists. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve LaTulip, your host on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Today, I have been discussing elements of a new kind of war, a war that has already begun. We are under attack presently. Some feel that we have already lost the war. Some feel we should be silent and do nothing, say nothing. Some are hoping for perhaps a different more pleasant outcome by the time of the 2022 election. But some of us are actually patriots who are just burning with righteous anger and indignation because our free republic has been stolen 
by a bogus president, by a rogue government agency, which I know called the Communist Democrat Party. And they are in the midst of a coup to oppress you and I. And so we are in a different kind of war. And if I were to define the type of war we are in, I would have to call it most closely aligning with a revolutionary war. Yes, I'd suggest that America is now engaged in the second revolutionary war. And so what do we do? How do we fight this war? Well, I would like to discuss that and to begin a discussion about how we fight a war. The first thing that has to be decided upon are what is called the rules of engagement. What can and cannot we do in order to fight this war? If you study history and specifically military history, you recall that rules of engagement can be devastating to a fighting military force. For example, in the Korean conflict, we had what was known as MiG Alley. Our pilots could engage the enemy Korean aircraft, Chinese aircraft, in a, a lane, in a zone called Migali, and we could engage any fighter that entered that region. But as soon as the enemy departed that region, we could not further engage them and go after them. Well, it took no time at all for the Korean pilots to figure this out, and they used it greatly to their advantage. And so it went again, horribly so, with Vietnam, where we actually had politicians deciding all the rules of engagement, telling the military what they could and could not do, and it was a total mess. One thing is certain, when you have a powerful fighting force as effective as the United States military force, you don't tell them how to fight. You let them do their thing, and they will succeed. They will have the victory. However, rules of engagement are important, and if we are going to engage the current enemy, we will have to have some careful planning. If, if we get political, and if we allow politicians to tell us how to fight this war, well, the rules of engagement will guarantee an absolute bad outcome to any war, and we saw that clearly in Vietnam and Korea. But the goals must be clearly defined. And how do you define goals as far as fighting a revolutionary war? Well, the first thing is to know the enemy, know the enemy as far as their strengths, know their weaknesses, and then define your targets. Where are they hurting us the most? Well, I've already said that. Their propaganda is destroying many people. They are very, very powerful because they own the airways. They own MSM. They own the biggest platforms. And so propaganda is a chief target. And so is election fraud. If we don't fight these two targets, we're lost. So I've just defined a couple of them. Now, let me just admit from the get-go, I am not a great military strategist. I never planned a war. I am not a general of the United States Air Force, but neither am I a silly uh, uh, milli general, all right? I am not 
a Millie who is fighting for the enemy. Remember that the Revolutionary War involved only about 2% of the population of the United States at that time. There were not many people in favor of it, but things changed quite rapidly when the truth was known. And that must be our goal. That's how we fight the propaganda war. But where do we start as far as establishing the rules of engagement for the Second Revolutionary War? Well, I would suggest this. We have already started our defense because the first and foremost principle in this war is that every patriot must be armed and skilled. Yes, this is what I call the Second Amendment guarantee. Do you have weapons at home? Hang on to them. Do you have ammunition? Stock up. Do you know how to fire those weapons? Are you warming up? Become skilled in how to shoot those weapons. Because if there is one lesson from history that we must learn, it is this. Never, never surrender our guns. Listen to Australia. Listen to Great Britain. Listen to all the nations that voluntarily surrendered their weapons. They have all been oppressed. And look at Australia today. The oppression there is horrendous. Imagine if we could arm the Aussies again, what would happen? But the Aussies are a staunch people. They are a wholehearted, patriotic, freedom-loving people, and they will rise up, and we shall see it. So rule number one in the rules of engagement is be sure that you are armed and ready. There is no greater guarantee against a violent takeover by the Biden regime as long as the private American citizen is armed. That is one lesson we must learn from history, and we must teach it to our children, to our grandchildren, and perhaps to ourselves. The second thing that we have to do to win this war is to organize effectively. We need leaders. We have many who are able, many who are willing, and leaders are needed at all levels. We do also need our own commander in chief. And I think that will happen. We also need a military structure of some kind. This is essential. The founding fathers of our nation stated in the Second Amendment that we must have a well-regulated militia, something that we simply do not have at this time. But things are changing. We also need to have some form of a communication network on a defendable platform. Remember that cyber warfare is something that is very real. It is being planned and used and strategized by the Chinese Communist Party. It is being used and strategized by our own country. Look at the fact that they are eavesdropping on our conversations, our private conversations on our own cell phones. How do we deal with that? We need a secure network. Can it be done? Most certainly it can. 
We must also, as a rule of engagement, we must determine exactly how we are being attacked. We have corona mania, the COVID propaganda war. We are being censored like crazy. We have voter fraud. We are now seeing the destruction of our military. The goal of the puppet Biden regime is to weaken the military to the point that it becomes an insignificant fighting force. Hence the recruitment of the weak-minded, weak-bodied LGBTQ and so forth. We are seeing our indoctrination of soldiers through all kinds of censorship, all kinds of little instructions, classes that they have to attend and listen to and sign off on that they agree to it in order to be so-called a fighting soldier in the American military. We are bombarded with immorality. We are bombarded with unethical teachings, unethical actions, as I already described by the rogue Oregon Medical Board. We are being assaulted by a sinister people and a force that has zero respect for our constitution. We have to realize that if they do not respect our constitution, then how in the world can we appeal to the constitution to justify our rights? They don't care. They simply don't care. This would be ridiculous. And it is. We are under a coup. What we have to do to be successful in winning a second revolutionary war is to establish effective countermeasures to these very things, these very means that they are attacking us with. We need to form a limited fighting force. The military is now being purged of patriots. But remember, these people in the military who are being purged are joining the civilian population. We have many, many veterans Look at the veterans who went and rescued people in Afghanistan, totally besides the government. No involvement in the government. These were civilian veterans. They can do the job. We have police officers and sheriffs who absolutely refuse to enforce corrupt mandates, illegal agendas, and they must oppose them. Whose side are they on? We have special forces teams. They do retire. But do you think they are all of a sudden incapable? No, they are not. And in establishing the rules of engagement for this war, we must absolutely know the enemy's strengths and weaknesses. What exactly are their strengths? Well, I've mentioned a few, but for one thing, they are very wealthy, they have money, and therefore they own the MSM, they own Hollywood, which is not saying a whole lot, to be honest with you. They, these people are imbeciles. They think they know much, they know very little. But the enemy, because of its wealth, is able to sponsor terrorism through gain-of-function research, for example, and they use the National Institute of Health via Fauci to do this and look at the havoc they have wreaked. 
Yes, they are very strong in that way. They are absolutely masters of propaganda. And this is, I'll say it again, this is their greatest weapon. But the enemy also has weaknesses. Physically, they are very, very weak. They are out of shape. They are unskilled in military tactics, and they are communist-minded. And we must remember that communism and socialism have always failed. They are failed systems. So they are on a losing side, and that's a weakness. We also must know our own strengths and weaknesses. What are our strengths? What is our number one strength? Well, first of all, we do have the resolve to preserve and protect our freedom. We have a strength called seeking truth. And we have the strength of having many experienced military veterans. We are strengthened greatly by the armed American citizen. We own guns. We are further greatly strengthened by the fact that we respect and honor God and our free country. We abide by the Constitution, and therefore, we live and breathe the First Amendment and the Second Amendment, and be sure that the Second Amendment will not survive without the First Amendment and vice versa. But we also do have some weaknesses, and we need to understand our weaknesses, because I guarantee you that the enemy, the Biden regime, knows our weaknesses and is using it to their full advantage. What is our weakness? Well, first of all, remember, your strengths can absolutely be your weaknesses as well. We are law-abiding citizens, and therefore, we are reticent. We want to hold back because we follow the rules, and resistance goes against our teaching. Some Christians think we ought not to be freedom fighters, and we are the silent majority, and that has to change. We must become the vocal majority, the active majority, the one who speaks out and does something to overcome the enemy. If we don't, we are simply lost. We must know our own strengths and our weaknesses. We also might have funding problems, but it depends on our strategy. And remember, this is a different kind of war. And I don't want to get into actual military strategy. Uh, I don't want to talk about those tactics because I don't want to give the enemy anything to empower them further. What about our military resources? Some people fear that. Well, if they have all the equipment, um, We'll stop right there. If a woke military that are weak-minded and spineless have the equipment, do you think that, that their equipment is likely to be a real significant threat? Do you think it would be hard to overcome these and to take some of that equipment? Taking the hill would be very easy business, in my opinion. And then you take another hill and another hill. I'm not worried about a weakened military, except that we are vulnerable to an external threat with no strength in our military force. Um, let's talk about what we don't ever want to talk about. What about violence? Will the Second Revolutionary War 
be as bloody as the first revolutionary war? Will violence be a part of this war? Nobody wants to talk about it. Well, it's a possibility. After all, it is war. But if violence is a part of this war, we have the advantage and we do have the morals and the values to do the right kind of thing. Violence must always be minimized, especially any collateral damage that is injuring or killing innocent people. But some players, some players on the opposing side would most certainly be targeted simply because they are the enemy. They are the ones who have done severe damage to the American people. And so we must fight a just war. And let me suggest that a war for freedom is always a just war. The Bible, in fact, says there is a time to kill the Bible also says there is sin leading to death. Now, we don't hear about the word sin anymore, but it's all over the place in the Bible. Sin is rebellion against God. And this is why we actually have capital punishment. A government acts on our behalf to put an end to those who would commit severe atrocious crimes against the population. That is a purpose of government and is very biblically based. Yes, a just war will be fought by all means possible in the same way wars were fought in the past, even as we saw in the Old Testament. Now, defining our targets would not be really hard to do. We have seen them. We already know them. Mainstream media. All of the big platforms, this is clearly a powerful weapon used against all freedom lovers. And then there is science and medicine. Who are the big players since we have seen the mutiny of medicine? Well, there's big pharma. There's a lot of hospital CEOs who have sold their soul to the devil. There's the World Health Organization. There is the CDC, the NIH. The rogue scientists like Fauci, the fraud, who participated in gain-of-function research, which is a bioweapon uh, research, we see world banks and other key organizations that continue to seek to suppress our freedom in every way that they can. There are also strategic individuals who cause the tyranny, and they are actually few in number. You already know who they are, and so do I. I don't even have to state them. These are human beings, right? These are people that live in the physical world. They're not ghosts. Remember, we got bin Laden, didn't we? Is any human being an island, isolated, unable to be discovered and found? No. We are all vulnerable to personal discovery. And in warfare, that discovery could destroy a target that is seeking to destroy you. Neutralizing our targets may not be an easy task sometimes, but perhaps it may not be as difficult as we think. And yes, I would have much to say on this. I really would, as many of you would also. 
But let's keep the element of surprise, shall we? Rules of engagement should be based on clear objectives. What we will not see in this revolutionary war is an actual battlefront. Remember, the enemy's most powerful weapon is propaganda, not a military force, despite Biden's threats to nuke us and send the F-16s after us. What is the countermeasure for propaganda? How do we accomplish it? Well, let me just say that many good patriots have been fighting the war without even knowing it. They are overcoming the propaganda with truth. The silent majority is actually becoming the vocal majority, and we must continue to act. The enemy's second most powerful weapon, perhaps, is their money. Money is the god that they worship. Do we have ways to interdict the money trail? We most certainly do. But I'll be silent. All rules of engagement must include a very simple objective. Stop funding the enemy. Do we have to purchase things, goods from China? How can we actually take steps to defund the enemy? Oh, there are ways, but it will take an effort on our part and it might actually take something called sacrifice. The enemy's third most powerful weapon is voter fraud. It means that they own the political arena now. America is no longer governed by the people. Do you understand the significance of that? Maybe what we do need is a 50-state audit, but is it likely to happen? Well, if the communist left now owns the government, absolutely not. We'll never see it happen. And so what's the alternative? How do we guarantee election integrity? Hmm, something to think about, strategize. We must develop an interdiction strategy. Remember, the CCP was involved. George Soros was involved. The Clintons were likely involved. And we certainly know that imposter Obama is involved in the overthrow of our government. And imposter Obama may be very well likely the chief puppeteer. Where does he live? Can he be found? Well, we're still awaiting the Arizona election audit results. Will we take any action? We've had some good warriors on that fight and it's not over, but look at the resistance that we are getting from the left. There's a reason for that. It's because voter fraud is a very powerful weapon that they are using. There's something else we need to do to become real patriots. If we choose to return to God and actually make the Bible our standard of faith and of righteous living again, then that will be our greatest strength. We either worship God or money. The Bible says that, and we have to choose a side. Our founding fathers chose God, and they forsook their wealth for the sake of freedom, and look what we got. If we choose to once again become a Christian nation, then, they, then we'll, we'll, derive a, we'll actually derive a strength from that that comes from God. And that strength is so much more powerful than money, than propaganda, than election fraud, or any other asset that actually uh, the enemy can throw against us.
If God is for us, who can be against us? We need to arm ourselves with the armor of God because at the crux of every war, every physical war is a spiritual war. And so once again, I would encourage you, read your Bible, read it daily. It empowers us as a fighting force against evil and never forget the power of prayer. Well, let me say this in concluding. If you think I am an insurgent, that I'm actually pushing for war, be, be aware that you are wrong. I am not pushing for a war. How can I be pushing for a war that has already begun? I am pushing for truth. I am seeking to destroy the propaganda and all those things that are destroying our nation. Our tyrannical government has already stolen the American people's freedom. And our nation's founding fathers have already spoken and written about what we ought to do. We are already at war. But what's part B of this war? It will be the patriot response. And the patriot response is just beginning. You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve LaTulip on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Today, I will ask you to please choose to be a part of this war. Choose your battles and fight them with all your heart, with a righteous anger and with a love for God and country. Until next week, adieu.